Welcome to the pod. This week's podcast discusses how our digital health innovation implementations actually affect the workflow for clinical and administrative staff, like nurses, MAs, PAs, etc. Now, we're all familiar with the shiny toy syndrome, where someone gets excited about the possibility of a tech solution, like an app or device, and nowadays, you know, some flavor of an AI or machine learning solution. And they believe that it'll solve many problems with the current state of things. Sometimes, however, the burden of implementations falls squarely on the clinical and administrative staff, many of whom are already quite busy with their existing workflows. So what we want to talk about is that the full benefits of the implementation really need to outweigh the burden that we put on our staff. Before we add another device or process onto things, you know, we need to keep that in mind. And our speakers today will talk about such instances where digital health innovations have had positive patient outcomes, but also had an impact on clinical and administrative workflows. We feel that these are going to be instructive for future implementations of creative technologies. Our speakers today are Tiffany, Daryl, and Raj. Daryl, we'll kick it off with you. Thanks, Adipto. You know, um, last year, we deployed a remote patient monitoring solution to one of our uh, medical surgery inpatient units, the hospital. And um, the device measured many vitals, such as heart rate, blood pressure, pulse ox, and other things. You know, it was a small wireless device that the patient wore on their arm. It allowed them to walk around and ambulate, right? So we thought it'd be good for the patient. We also thought it would be good for for the nurses as well, right? So that they could receive information um, remotely. So it was an innovative solution overall. We helped, We hope that it would it improve uh, patient satisfaction and operational workflow, right? So as part of the system, the nurses were trained on new protocols. They were asked to check um, new devices at the bedside, um, as well as to understand the device that the patient's wearing on their arm. Right? But as part of that, they were also asked to carry an additional phone. So that would allow them to receive information about the patient remotely. Right. So while they're walking around throughout the hospital um, or in a different wing, it would make it so that they didn't need to be at the patient bedside or right outside the room to know when something was going on, when, when there was a bad situation or there was an alarm going on. Right. So some nurses initially pushed back at the idea of carrying yet another device, um, being that especially they already had a communications device that let them get some information from from the system, right? Um, but after a three-month p- uh, proof of concept that we did, um, most of the nurses who used the, the phone-based system ended up liking it, right? They thought that the benefit of being able to receive that patient information um, in real time while they were anywhere throughout the hospital um, outweighed the downside of integrating a new device into their workflow, right? They were facing things of if they were gowned up, they had the the, the phone in their pocket. Every time the phone buzzes uh, and they get an alert, they may have to take off the gown, take out the scrubs, and then, you know, look at their phone to see what was going on. But they thought the benefit of being able to get that real-time information outweighed some of those operational issues. So, you know, this and similar experiences, um, you know, also provide insight um, uh, to me about the operational impacts um, that you have to weigh those against any possible benefits before you institute um, new workflows or methodologies um, uh, for, for the provider staff. Wow, what a great example. You know, something that seemed like a potential roadblock turned out to be not that 
as long as, you know, the people whose lives were being impacted here, the nurses, you know, saw a benefit in that. Great points. Um, Tiffany, we'd love to share your thoughts on this. So um, in a similar experience with remote patient monitoring for hypertension and congestive heart failure, um, our intentions for the program was to create a seamless process to get devices to patients and remotely track their interactions with those devices. Um, but this was very difficult due to a lack of full integration, causing providers to search for patient information instead of using that time to actually provide care to those patients. Um, this lack of integration also created issues with reporting because data was going into multiple systems, uh, and this really delays the process improvement. In addition to that, um, we've seen CMS rules change frequently, and it and when those rules change, uh, we have to adjust our framework as well as the workflows um, that the providers are currently using. Without a seamless process, uh, operational issues can significantly significantly affect patient and provider satisfaction. Yeah, and that's a great point. And just an, an additional thought about the um, the providers' operational issues. Um, at at some levels, there are instances with remote patient monitoring that we're starting to see now, where the providers actually are pushing to use something, and we are in IT are wondering if it's going to adversely impact their workflows more than what they're anticipating, right? So it's the reverse situation of what I was talking about before. Um, and in terms of RPM, remote patient monitoring. Some physicians right now, while patient volumes are low, are saying they want to jump in and start monitoring um, as many patients as, mon as possible and monitor their vitals uh, while the patient's at home, right? which is a good thing. We want to do that as well. However, we're wondering that once, once patient the volumes return to normal, we're wondering if the provider may still have enough time to, re to review these vitals in real time. Um, and the thought is, yes, we still want to do remote patient monitoring, but... Um, do we need a dedicated team to do this? So this is the reverse of what I was talking about before and wondering if we need to put different teams in place to handle the need um, that they, or the solution that uh, the physicians want to put in place. Yeah, interesting points. You know, I've heard anecdotally that there's a three-second rule that people need to follow in, 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 in healthcare where if it takes a nurse or a doctor or a staff like more than three seconds to click a button to, to get to some data points, you know, it just is already too much because there's a multiplication of hundreds of thousands of those three seconds uh, that add up to their sort of daily schedule. And also great point, Stephanie, about, you know, how there are external issues that impact, you know, uh, the, the overall workflows like regulations and reports and so on. And um, Daryl, great, great close there in terms of reminding us that sometimes, you know, rather than burdening the, the existing staff, you know, we can unburden them by having a new team or resource focus on certain items uh, to, to, uh, to, to take care of. Um, Raj, you, do you want to sort of talk about your experiences in this area, especially about the, uh, I think, the Garmin project that you had um, in one of the hospitals? Yeah, sure. Uh, definitely. I agree with those uh, points from uh, Daryl and Tiffany. Uh, so we launched the post-surgical uh, recovery program using a Garmin wristband. Uh, this device just tracks the uh, steps and active minutes. Uh, it was really a simple uh, short-term POC to explore the usage of a consumer-based wellness device to monitor 
recovery of the patient after the surgical procedure. It was really a successful program to help providers to monitor the progress of the recovery. Uh, however, we face a lot of challenge in setting up business workflows since these consumer devices are require an initial setup, like I mean, account creation and the Bluetooth pairing, right? That may even take 15 minutes for average users, right? So nurses are really busy focusing on a patient care making them spend 15 more minutes on setting up these devices, creating account, right? It's an unnecessary burden, in my opinion. And this may break their uh, normal workflow. So I, I really think the wellness device industry understood this problem like a Garmin and Fitbit. They uh, actually provide some level of enterprise solution as well. However, uh, it's not suitable for the prime time RPM programs. Interesting, yeah. I think that 15-minute that example um, that you sort of state is, is pretty interesting because, uh, you know, we were talking about three seconds earlier, but, you know, adding 15 minutes to each device setup is something that, uh, you know, that can take away so much from, from a day. And if you combine it with the points that Tiffany and Daryl were making earlier, um, you know, in terms of having an external team do it, I think what you explained, Raj, is an exemplification of that, where, you know, having that device set up externally can be so much of a value. Um, Tiffany, I'll turn it to you to, to help close this out and maybe give the example of uh, a medication adherence pill bottle example um, that we were discussing earlier. So when providing smart patient pill bottles, um, it was very attractive to the patients. Uh, the bottles lit up, they made sounds, and they were all for it. Just like you said, Sidipto, um, it was a shiny new toy. Um, but when it came down to the clinical workflows, this was a burden to enroll and set up the patients in the systems. Um, in addition to this, it was also a research study. So the consent process also took additional time. Yeah, I remember um, that, that, that project, you know, I mean, all the different steps in, um, needed to, you know, get the consent, uh, you know, figure out the, the, the process to get the bottles to the patients, making sure they understand it, making sure that they knew who to call for any kind of a tech support and so on. And when you looked at the pill bottle online or as a concept, you know, in, in individuality, it seemed so simple and cool and beautiful, <laughs> as you call it, the, the, the shiny toy. So listen, great examples. You know, as we close out this discussion, the key takeaway seems to be that, you know, innovative ideas by themselves and um, all by themselves just don't succeed on the merit of the idea, you know, to accommodate them into our, into the lifestyles of the patients and the providers. You know, we need to think of workflows and how it impacts, whether it's the three-second rule you apply or whether it's the 15-minute rule that you apply. Uh, thank you to Tiffany, Daryl, and Raj for a wonderful discussion, and we will see you next time. <music>